Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthier with Itisham Ahmed. And today's episode is about endocrine health. So, what is the endocrine system? The endocrine system is um, a system in the body that maintains homeostasis. So, what is homeostasis? Homeostasis is basically the sweet spot of the body. So, everything in the body, including water levels, temperature, uh, salt levels, energy levels, all of these things have to be maintained uh, at a certain point. So, you can't have too much of it and you can't have too little of it. So, for example, um, if your body gets too hot, right, the endocrine system is going to work to reduce your body's temperature to prevent it from overheating. So uh, the mechanism for that is you sweat and that releases heat and that cools down your body. And your endocrine system is basically in charge of this. And it does this, right? It maintains homeostasis using chemical messengers, which we call hormones. So to understand the endocrine system a little bit better and to understand this whole episode, um, to understand this whole episode a little bit better, you need to see the body as a clock right so your body has an internal clock and it knows when to wake up and it knows when to sleep and those two things are very key when it comes to uh, your endocrine system and that's what i'm going to start this episode with to introduce um, something called the suprachiasmatic nucleus this basically is a part of the brain right that uh, takes care of your circadian rhythm when to wake, when to sleep, um, and uh, it does this, right, by releasing certain hormones that trigger sleep and some and uh, certain hormones that trigger waking up. The sleep hormone is quite popular. You guys probably know it. It's called melatonin. You can get, get supplements for these as well, right? So uh, when it's time to sleep, right, um, your body releases melatonin. Um, so... Your body is really smart, right? If you sleep at the same time every day and you wake up at the same time every day, you will no longer need an alarm clock, right? Because um, your body will just make you fall asleep at the time that you're used to and it will make you wake up at the time that you're used to. And this is one of the reasons why waking up and sleeping at the same time every day is extremely important, right? Because uh, your sleep facilitates um your major, right, the, the major um, hormones in the body. And um, during sleep, your body is restoring a lot of the hormones into uh, their optimal levels. So for example, cortisol, right, which is uh, basically a stress hormone. It increases throughout the day, right? Whether you're stressed or not, it increases. So when you're stressed, it increases more. When you're not, it still increases, but not by that much, right? Um, so, at the end of the day, your stress, your cortisol levels are increased, and while you're sleeping, they decrease. So this is like a way that your body restores itself, not only physically, but it also restores itself uh, hormonally, right? Also mentally, um, as a result. So, um, what do you think happens when you don't get adequate sleep? Your cortisol levels start building up over time, right? And your sleep is not restorative. Right, you're building up cortisol over time, and that can cause major uh, physical problems, right? Uh, problems with your physical health as well as your mental health. 
So uh, waking up and sleeping at the, at, the, at the same time every day, right? Whatever that time is. There, there are certain times that are, that are better, but most importantly, you need to sleep and wake up at the same time every day. So your body has some kind of a routine that I'm going to release cortisol at this time. I'm going to release melatonin at this time. I'm going to release this at this time, this at that time. And when you do this, your body is now, it now has a routine and it has consistency and it knows when to release what, and there's less surprises and less uh, disruptions to your overall uh, body's chemistry. So once you uh, have that dialed in, right, another thing to keep in mind is lack of stress. So when you have lack of stress, you will uh, have less disruptions in your body's biochemistry. Uh, and I've, I've mentioned this just now, cortisol, right, which is one of the, which is one of the stress hormones in the body, right? This increases when you feel some kind of a stress, and this could be even a mental stress. So it could be something like a, a traumatic experience happened, or uh, you know, just simply stressful uh, times, like exa exams are coming up, or you're meeting someone new, or anything pretty much if you're if you're if you have anxiety right when you have anxiety your cortisol levels increase so when you are experiencing a lot of stress this disrupts your body's chemistry and it negatively impacts your endocrine health so managing stress is key we always say that mental health is just as important as physical health it literally is and it ties into physical health as well when you manage your stress right you can do this in different ways some people they um, you know therapy is one option or even just you know mindfulness exercises uh, prayer meditation right yoga these are different ways that people manage stress right and um, once you manage stress right you will now um, you now won't allow any kind of stress to disrupt your body's chemistry Right. And people who experience stress a lot, right, they are um, much more susceptible to heart related diseases. Right. There's, uh, there's quite a lot of studies done on this. Right. There's there is no it, it's at this point, it's considered almost uh, an objective truth. Right. OK, so that is uh, so those are the first two things, sleep and uh, managing your stress. OK, another thing to keep in mind. Um, is that although stress is bad, right? A healthy amount of good stress is is quite important. So, uh, good stress includes well, in 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 my case, the best the best uh, good stress that I can think of is exercise. Right? Exercise um, is a type of stress when it comes to physiology, right? Physiologically. Exercise is simply just stress. That's all it is. And it's, it's a type of good stress because it causes you to adapt in a healthy way. So um, exercise in general can improve the body's sensitivity to some hormones, right? Um, so there's a, there's a um, study, uh, a journal titled Exercise and the Regulation of Endocrine Hormones by Anthony C. Hackney and Amy R. Lane. Uh, this was released in uh, 2015 and uh, it talks about how exercise in general has um, 
a lot of regulatory effects in uh, the endocrine system and it can increase the potency of some uh, of some hormones right this study also talks about um, the negative impacts right when when exercises you know when when you have like for example chronic exercise training when you're overtraining right these things have uh, negative responses right um, when you have when, when you basically overtrain and injure yourself or you train at a too high frequency above your training age these are things that can cause uh, problems and uh, these are also mentioned in this study as well and it talks about not only the endocrine system but also the autocrine and the paracrine system so the endocrine system has to do with uh, hormones going around in your bloodstream in circulation autocrine is uh, hormones affecting for example if a, if a cell releases a hormone that hormone only affects that cell that's autocrine uh, paracrine is uh, local area so uh, when when cells are affecting their local area so you don't have to worry about what autocrine and paracrine is but essentially exercise positively affects the endocrine uh, endocrine system by by um, positively impacting your autocrine and paracrine abilities in your organs so not only is just exercise important but also exercise um, at the right time so timing of your training timing of your exercise matters now the scientific community is not completely taking like a side on this uh, you can find studies that indicate that exercising in the morning is better you can find the studies indicating that exercise in the evening is better and uh, the, the f not the scientific community but the general fitness community right gym goers um, they are quite polarized on this, right? There, are, you'll have some people that train 5 a.m. in the morning, and um, and they'll they'll swear by it. They'll be like, you know, that's the best. It, you feel so good. You know, you get recharged for the day. And then there's some people who exercise um, in the evening or closer to their bedtime, and they're and they swear by that. But uh, th there's not a clear consensus on which one is better. There's uh, evidence to show both are good at certain for certain reasons, right? They're, they have certain positive effects or negative effects. But what we do know, right, is that training close to your bedtime uh, causes problems to your sleep, right? There is a journal titled um, "There's a journal titled A Time to Eat and a Time to Exercise," right? Um, this is not the only uh, this is not the only journal talking about this. You can you can look anywhere on PubMed and talk about, and uh, search up you know timings of exercises and um, a lot of them will say that um, exercising close to your bedtime, like when I say close to, I mean like an hour within your bedtime, uh, negatively affects your sleep. And what it does is it keeps you a lot more. It prevents you from going into deep sleep right there's a evolutionary reason to this right when you're exercising you're telling your you're putting your body under stress and you're causing your body to get uh, in an informal term you're, you're causing your body to get hyped up right your body's full of epinephrine now it's full of adrenaline and it's uh, it's amped up pretty much now throughout your sleep 
right? Your body won't be able to fall into that deep sleep, that restorative sleep because of the effects from, um, from exercise. And I, and as I said earlier, exercise is a form of stress and you don't want to introduce it at the end of your day near bedtime, right? Uh, so that's, that's the comment I want to make, right? When it comes to morning and evening, even I'm not sure because I, I really can't come with a consensus. There's certain reasons why morning could be better and there's certain reasons why evening could be better. Uh, but we don't have enough information to to tell people yet that this is the best time and this is the best time. You, If, if somebody is a professional or if somebody is like a practitioner in sports science or exercise science, they could give you an answer based off individual circumstances. But for the most part, generally, there's not a clear consensus. So exercising uh, right before sleeping is uh, for sure right terrible you don't want to do that uh because it can it can uh, negatively harm something called sleep inertia right don't worry too much about that that is basically you know that feeling of grogginess when you wake up that is what sleep inertia is and that grogginess comes because your sleep was not restorative enough and it was not uh it's an it's an indication that your sleep was not re restorative so that that is exercise now let's talk about diet okay there there are some specific foods that improve your endocrine system, right? I will not talk about those in this episode, right? I'm going to talk a, a lot more about certain foods, right? Superfoods um, in, in, in another episode. But right, what I will mention right, is that there's evidence that multiple meals a day is really beneficial for you, right? Now, I personally eat uh, just twice a day. Um... I eat quite a lot in in each of those meals. That's probably not a good thing, but uh, there's many different diets and many different diets work for different people, right? But generally, when it comes to endocrine health, there's evidence that shows that eating multiple times a day, which is three or more times a day, uh, is beneficial. Another important thing, or more importantly, right, you should eat higher energy foods in the starting of your day and lower energy foods in the end of your day. What I mean by that is your meal should be high calorie, your your morning meal should be high calorie, and your and your last meal in the day at night, your dinner, uh, should have the least calories, right? What you do not want to do is eat a lot of food at the end of your day. That's what you do not want to do. That can disrupt your endocrine health, right? Um, another thing they mentioned was uh, multiple times uh, eating multiple times in a day with adequate periods of fasting in between them, right? So you want to stay in something we call a post-absorptive state, right? Post-absorptive fasting state. Uh, you want to stay in those uh, states because um, it has shown to decrease inflammation, right? And to improve uh, your endocrine health and especially, right, insulin sensitivity, which falls under your endocrine health. Right, so insulin sensitivity uh, is very, very important, especially, well, obviously for diabetics. Uh, but even if you're not a diabetic, right, insulin sensitivity um, helps you manage your weight and uh, manage your efficiency, right, when it comes to burning fuel. Right, you want insulin sensitivity, whether you're a diabetic or whether you're not. You want to make sure that your body responds to food intake 
and burns food efficiently, right? So um, eat multiple times a day, have adequate amount of fasting in between them, right? Uh, you could you could try intermittent fasting. Um, intermittent fasting, though, right? Uh, there's many different types. There's many different ways to do it, uh, but there, there's there's some people who intermit who do intermittent fasting uh, with only two meals, right? Um, according to research shown by this journal, uh, two meals a day probably is not won't help you when it comes to endocrine health. But if you could maintain uh, fasting while having multiple meals a day, uh, that is probably optimal, right? When it comes to improving your endocrine health, all right? So sleep, managing your sleep, managing stress, managing, uh, well, not managing, but exercising, right? Um, adequately and exercising um, and not exercising like an hour before sleeping uh, as well as uh, eating, right? The proper amounts and at the proper times of the day with fasting, all of these things together, right? Are shown to improve your endocrine health. And why do you want to improve your endocrine health? There is, there are just, I don't know where to begin when, you know, about this question. I don't know where to begin because your endocrine health is in charge of literally every single biochemical uh, process that takes place in your body. This includes storage of fats. This includes burning of fats. This includes burning, uh, not just fats, any kind of fuel, storing any kind of fuel, right? Uh, this includes uh, inflammation, this includes your immune system, right? This includes, like, literally everything is managed by hormonal control. And if you improve your endocrine health, right, any kind of underlying um, underlying illnesses you might have, right? Well, in this, in this podcast, I mentioned diabetes, type 2 diabetes, not type 1, type 2 diabetes can be greatly improved right your symptoms can be greatly reduced uh by intermittent fasting and it's it's uh recommended to a lot of type 2 diabetics to fast uh to exercise and fast uh uh sorry uh i I don't know about type 2 diabetics but people who have insulin resistance they are uh it's recommended for them to fast um quite a bit to fast frequently um so if you want to lead a life, a, a long life, which is, uh, you know, if you want to lead a long life and you want to feel young and you want to um, express your highest, most dominant form, <laughs> as Liver King says, right, uh, your endocrine health is absolutely key, right? So managing all these things can improve your health and in turn your life quite a bit, right? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope to see you uh, at the next episode. Take care.